0: Good evening, good evening, everyone. Good to have you all here. Uh, welcome to the Pensacola team as well. Excited to hear from them in just a little bit. We're going to have a word of prayer. Then I'm going to ask right now for our interns to come on up, and we'll introduce our interns to you after we pray. Uh, this is their first service with all three of you can come on up. Uh, this will be their first service with, uh, with uh, you anyway. They were here this morning for the first, first service as well. Uh, tonight, all they're going to do is give you their names and some information. Hopefully, Caleb remembers everything he's supposed to say, and uh, then uh, we'll we'll uh, have a chance afterwards to get to know them a little better, all right? Father, we just thank you so much so for all of the blessings you've given us. Thank you for the rain, the way it's cooled down and uh, just helped us to get a little bit of water on the grass and crops. We thank you for these interns and pray that you would bless the, this summer as they're here, Thank you for the Pensacola team that's here, and pray that you would just bless tonight as they present your word and your truth and the school to us, and we thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I am not going to come back up, okay? So once these guys get done, you're going to take the microphone and just set it down right here and leave it there, whoever's last, and uh, then you guys will take it up from there. All right. I made a note on my phone to make sure I didn't forget anything, but... My name is uh, Caleb Allen. I'm a senior pastoral ministries major and I'm from Pensacola, Florida. Uh,
1: My name is Grant Sparks. I am from uh, Loganville, Georgia. I'm also a pastoral major and I'm gonna be a junior this next year. Uh, My name is Drew Hester. I'm from Carmel, Indiana. I'm a pastoral ministries major and I'll be a sophomore this next year.
2: glory,
3: so I'll bless his name, and his mercies are new every day, with all of my heart, soul, and strength I will say, God is worthy, worthy of praise.
4: Before the foundation of earth was laid,
3: God was worthy of praise. When he spoke the word and the world was framed, God was worthy of praise. Through the ages, true and changeless, with all nations I proclaim, God is worthy, worthy of praise, worthy of glory. So I'll bless his name and his mercies are new every day. With all of my heart, soul, and strength, I will say, God is worthy, worthy of praise. When Calvary's blood made atonement for sin, God was worthy of praise. When the tomb was empty and death could not win, God was worthy of praise.
5: you all tonight and pastor we we appreciate you open up the pulpit for brother Willingham and for us to come and sing the main focus of our songs tonight are going to be about how powerful and great our god is but before we get back to singing we're just going to take a few moments and introduce ourselves my name is ethan jessup i'm from cincinnati ohio i'm a junior studying criminal justice in hopes of being a conservation officer
4: I'm from the beautiful hills of West Virginia. My name is Olivia McCutcheon, and I'm a junior nursing major, hoping to be a cardiac nurse.
1: I'm a sophomore pastoral ministries major, and I am from Flowery Branch, Georgia, and my name is Lee McDaniel, and Lord willing, one day I hope to become a pastor and then go into evangelism after that. I'm a senior studying music education in hopes of one day being a music teacher at a Christian school. I am from Mount Airy, Maryland, and my name is Emily Wright.
2: I'm from San Diego, California. My name is Bella Darett and I'm going into my first year of nursing, and I would love to be a labor and delivery nurse. This next song is an a cappella about God's goodness and his holiness. We hope you'll worship with us as we sing.
4: You are holy.
3: You are holy.
4: You are mighty.
3: You are mighty
4: You are worthy
3: You are worthy, worthy of praise Gracious, compassionate God You are good to all you have made To anger slow and rich in love You are good to all you have made Loving Lord, you are good to all you have made. Faithful to your promises, you are good to all you have made. You open up your hands and satisfy every Compassionate God, you are good to all you have made. You are holy, you are holy,
4: you are mighty,
3: you are mighty,
4: you are worthy,
3: you are worthy, worthy, worthy of praise. Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He is mighty God, Lord of everything. He's Emmanuel. He's the great I Am. He's the Prince of Peace who is the Lamb. He's the living God. He's my saving grace. He He will will reign forever. He is Alpha, Omega, love, Beginning, and End, and He's my I Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, and Friend. He's my Prince of Peace, and I will live my life for Him. good to all you have made loving The earth be removed and the mountains carried away. The waters roar and cause the hills to shake. we
0: much guys. This is just uh, to let you know the offering boxes that are back there. Uh, we take care of the school. Everything that you put in the offering boxes goes to these guys. Uh, so you can get a Twinkie. and We always say Twinkie and a Coke. I don't know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, maybe a moon pie or whatever it is you buy down south. I don't know. Uh, so Just so you all know, there's seven of them. And uh, we'll take whatever comes in there and just divide it out among them and let them uh, uh, know that they've been a blessing to us. And so they're going to play an offertory. The offerings there you can do. You don't have to do this right now. Just as you're coming in and out, make sure you drop something in there. Thank you.
1: We see all throughout Scripture that God's people will face trials. Uh, In Job, we read that man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Um, And since this world is in our home, uh, us Christians, um, we will face trials as well. But it's through those trials that we learn to see God in His ways. We learn to to lean upon Him and to trust Him. Uh, God is bigger than all our troubles. He's greater than any circumstance that we face. So let's focus on that thought as we sing these next few songs.
3: When it seems it can't be done, I know God. since ahead that i can't move by myself but i know when i'm weak he's strong when i can barely breathe there's still a song even though it's hard right now i'm not here on my own so when it seems it can't be done i know god is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run, for I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything he starts, he'll meet us right here where we are. I can feel faith rising up, I know God is big enough. The shadows of doubt make me feel small. I will declare that I don't stand in my strength at all. Cause I won't live a day you didn't plan. Every single moment is in your head. Even if the whole you're world shakes, to the rock on the Rogan. Rogan. is big enough. I can run the race I'm called to run, for I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything he starts. He'll meet us right here where we are. I can feel faith rising up. I know God is big I can run the race I'm called to run, for I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything he starts, he'll meet us right here where we are. I can feel faith rising up. Can I hope to gain From a sinful man's applause If I hold the glory From whom holds each breath I'm living my life without cause Every song my soul can sing Every word and message I bring Every praise that I receive I give you everything passion and fire in me, every talent and gift from Thee, every moment and all I can be, I give You everything, everything. Every song my soul can sing, every word and message I bring, every praise that I receive, I give you everything, every passion and fire in me, every talent and gift from thee, every moment and all I can be, I give you everything.
2: especially this past semester, God has been teaching me the idea of change. And for me, it's hard to grow through change. If any of you all would be going through change, or maybe you're going to be going through one, you know that it's hard to grow through it. It's hard to see it as a positive from God. But I looked up a verse in the Bible and I'm sure you guys know, know it as well. Second Peter three, verse 18. And that first part says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And ever since I read that verse, I knew. I knew that, that change was an opportunity for me to grow. And that opportunity came from God. And so I must take it. So if any of you all may be going through some change or you know some change is coming up, I encourage you all to grow through it and not be content with where you are.
4: you to Jesus. He longs to be your Savior and Lord. He'll be your king. He'll be your friend. Whatever you expect, he'll be more.
3: He's the shout that calls Shepherd who goes searching for the sheep. He's the hand that reaches out to rescue you when the waves are growing hard. And he's the force. you're walking through fire
4: every life will have its share of trouble but oh that's when you'll find him so close
3: and if you fall he will carry you 'Cause cause every time you That calls the dead to life again He's the bread that multiplies to meet your need He's the midnight calm in the lion's den And the shepherd who goes searching for the sheep He's the hand that reaches out to rescue you When the waves are growing hard And he's the fourth man who's always there beside you When you're walking through fire Cry that causes walls to fall. He's the song that rises from a prison cell. He's the love and grace that would bear your cross and the story of redemption that you tell. Every time you offer up. be your heart's desire, and he's the fourth man
6: who's always there beside you
3: when you're walking through fire. walking
7: through fall. Well, let me say uh, thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come here, opening up your church to us and being so welcoming. Um, Oh, let me set this in the stand, actually. We hope that as a team that our Our singers have been able to encourage you through song, but more importantly, we just want to encourage you through meeting you, through um, getting to know you if we can. Um, I'll make sure that our team is out at the table we have in the lobby, and if you'd like to afterwards, come by, uh, shake their hand, and introduce yourself. We want to get to know you. We want to be able to um, be a help to you in any way that we can. Some of you may be familiar with where we come from, Pensacola Christian College. If you're not familiar with Pensacola Christian College, then let me just briefly share who we are. Uh, PCC is a Christian liberal arts college that is located in Pensacola, Florida. Um, To give you a good idea of where that location is specifically, Pensacola is way up in the panhandle if you aren't familiar, but in Pensacola, um, the campus is located about 20 minutes from Pensacola Beach, um, which is just my favorite thing to point out about the location. Uh, No intentional reason there. Um, But we do enjoy being able to be in that location. I really got spoiled because I grew up At Pensacola, my dad has taught at PCC since I was four years old, and so um, I I really had the privilege of being able to grow up in Pensacola and be around the campus and see how God works. Um, God works in a lot of ways through the students in Pensacola at Pensacola Christian College. I'm sure you will find that out this summer with the interns uh, that you guys have. I I hope that they are a blessing to you even after we have gone. Um, But on campus specifically. There's a few things that we prioritize. Obviously, academics would be a big one. There's 60 different areas of study for you to choose from because we recognize that God calls people into a lot of different areas so that he can use them there, right? So I I studied youth ministries. My wife here on the front row, her name is Brynn. I don't know if I introduced her. Um, She was able to study elementary education. So these these are ministry fields that we're passionate about at Pensacola Christian College, but beyond that, God may call you into engineering, into nursing, into arts, into music, into the medical field, into a host of areas. And we believe that when God calls Christians into those areas, it's so that he can use them there specifically for his plan. And so we want you, as a, as a student at Pensacola Christian College, to be able to become excellent in whatever field God is calling you into so that you can influence your world for Christ. Um, We're we're also thankful um, that it is a Christian campus in practice, not just in name, through the many uh, church services that we get to participate in over at Campus Church, and then the chapel services throughout the week, um, we're just constantly fed God's Word. And then not only in the, the sermons, but also in class, where no matter what major you are, you take a Bible class each semester to help develop your biblical worldview, and each class, realistically, whether it's a math class or a nursing classes, is, is taught from a biblical perspective. Um, and then one final thing I did want to highlight, just on a practical note, my wife and I are very thankful for this. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that Pensacola Christian College is affordable as a student. Um, an entire year of tuition, room, and board is just over $13,500. And so because of the cost and there's additional financial aid, on top of that, in these last three years of graduating classes, which included our graduating class, um, these last three years, the students that graduated, 82% of them were able to graduate without any student debt, which is just a blessing as they're going on into their world to make a difference for Christ. And so realistically, we hope that today, uh, ultimately, that we've encouraged you. We also want to be able to answer any questions that you may have about Uh, PCC. So if you do have questions, feel free to come up to us afterwards. Come to any of these students. Um, If it's a nursing-specific question or a criminal justice-specific question or education or pastoral or whatever it may be, we want to be able to answer any questions that you have. Um, Before we jump into God's Word, I want to show a quick uh, five to six-minute video just to give you a better visual glimpse into what it's really like being a student at Pensacola Christian College.
3: You only have one life. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to influence your world for Christ? This is a place where you can be empowered to
5: fulfill God's calling and pursue your passion. Working as a physical therapist, it is a ministry all its own to just build a relationship with the people. I mean, that's my ultimate goal, is I wanna help people get better.
6: I want to go to law
2: school, get into a cybersecurity program. That way I can incorporate both um, programming
4: and law, protecting companies from cybercrime. I love being around people, and I love learning about people. I knew that with nursing, it wasn't just about helping people physically, like it was helping them spiritually too. That's what's important in life
1: as I began to pray more, God, I have a huge decision to make. Where am I going to go to school? I only have one life. What do you want me to do with it? And he began to show me that what I enjoy doing can be used for his honor and for his glory. God led me to Pensacola Christian College to pursue my passion for finance through a biblical perspective.
4: I had told my pastor before coming here, I was like, ah, you know, I don't really like school, but I know I need to go for nursing, so I'm going to go, and I'll have to study really hard, and I just didn't really look forward to it, but now, like, on my third year, learning is so much fun, and I didn't feel like that freshman year.
5: (laughs) I'll look back, and I'll be like, man, I remember I used to struggle with that, and then maybe a freshman looks at what I'm doing, and they're like, what are you even looking at? I'm like, this is easy stuff
6: incrementally we're ready to do more we're ready to face more and to say this may not be the easiest thing i've ever done but it's the most rewarding thing i've ever done
5: last summer i did an internship in germany in a genetics lab and i was able to use the techniques and tools i had learned in the labs here over there and it made so much more sense because i already knew what i was doing and why i was doing it
7: I think teaching is communicating facts, but I think the bottom line for me with teaching is connecting the material so the students not only know it, but appreciate it and also know how to use it.
6: My teaching isn't about me, it's about where God is taking each individual student down the road. We have great faculty and they honestly inspire me.
2: Um, Seeing all of these faculty members who have doctorates, you can definitely see what they've
4: learned reflected through what they teach.
5: They'll constantly tell you, if you need something, come talk to me. Um, I've had teachers um, other places and they'll say that, but if you go up to them, they don't really want to give you the time or try to respond. And here it's it's just totally different. You can just have a really good teacher-student relationship.
1: The faculty are saying it's going to take hard work and dedication to be the best at whatever you're doing for God's glory. That philosophy will always work.
2: Sometimes they'll ask us, what verse do you think would apply to this? how a verse would relate to a situation.
6: Biblical worldview is seeing all of my life through what God has shown us in scripture.
5: And that's one of the reasons why I chose PCC in the first place, is to have faculty that love God to help me further my spiritual walk with Christ.
6: If my goal is
2: to be in the will of God, it helps so much to know that uh, my teacher has that same goal.
1: Everything that I see here is Christ-centered. Their main purpose is, we want you to see more of Jesus Christ. That is what I see in PCC.
6: Why is PCC here? It's to change lives and make them more like Christ. I hope that I can just have a little part of molding and shaping them like the Lord Jesus Christ.
4: They want students to come out of PCC and to make an influence and an impact on the world. I think their goal really is to change the world, and they do it one student at a time.
6: As president of PCC, I want you to know that we're committed to providing an excellent liberal arts education that's built upon the foundation and truths of God's Word. We won't compromise on biblical principles, and our purpose is to equip you for whatever it is God's called you to do. Make the most of this opportunity in life and choose the college that best prepares you for that calling. PCC has so much to offer. We're located just minutes from the beautiful sugar white sands and emerald waters of Pensacola Beach. We're known for providing the best education value among accredited Christian colleges. And we have great facilities and activities that'll provide memorable experience to your college life. So as you think to the future and think about choosing a college, don't just choose a college because of its location, near home or by the beach. Don't just choose a Christian college because it's affordable like PCC is. And don't just choose a college because your friends go there and it looks like a fun place to attend. Choose a Christian college because God's called you there. Because that place will empower you to influence the world for Christ and whatever God's called you to do.
7: up our Bibles, feel free to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. When we think about college, um, you talk to any college student, and I think if you asked them, they would agree that going off to college, no matter where it is, going off to college is a sacrifice, but by the time you finish it, it is worth it. The sacrifice is worth it. And realistically, we all make sacrifices. We make sacrifices all the time. Um, some of you may be coffee drinkers you're willing to sacrifice a few dollars for a cup of coffee because you're tired and and you want to wake up a little bit more maybe you uh, are tired because you sacrificed some sleep the night before you woke up early and and maybe that was because you had an opportunity to spend extra time with some really good friends or with family so so that's a that's a good sacrifice and there's a cause that correlates with that sacrifice Many families in here, parents, you, you spent years sacrificing to provide for your family. That's a, that's a really big sacrifice, but the cause, it matches the sacrifice, right? Um, there are some people that would um, not, not only sacrifice to have a house, but then mortgage the house to start a business. And so there's different levels of sacrifice, but oftentimes, really most often, the sacrifice, the, the level of the sacrifice matches the motivation of the sacrifice. We see that. So, if you and I were asked to sacrifice everything, what would that motivation have to be? What what motivation could be so great that we'd be willing to sacrifice our life, everything? And as we dig into this passage in Romans 12, Paul is going to show us what that motive is for the sacrifice and then he will show us what that sacrifice looks like. So let's let's dig into Romans 12 verse number 1. I will I'll read the phrase you follow along as I read Romans 12:1. The Bible says, "I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service." Now, as we think about this passage, we'll break it down phrase by phrase, but just to give us context for wh- how we got to this verse, in, uh, in the book of Romans, Paul spends the first 11 chapters addressing uh, a lot of deep doctrinal topics. Um, he, adjust- he addresses the doctrine of justification, the new life found in union with Christ, the battle against sin in this new life, the Holy Spirit's role in this new life, and many more truths about our life, our new life, that we find in Christ. And then after explaining all of these uh, doctrinal points, he then brings us to application. That's where it starts in Romans 12:1. This is the first point of application that he's drawing based on what he has said so far. And so we'll go through this verse, phrase by phrase, and we'll see first the, the cause of the sacrifice, then we'll see the content of the sacrifice and the characteristics of the sacrifice. First phrase reveals to us the cause of the sacrifice. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, this, this word, beseech, this probably isn't a word that you have used regularly. If you've used this within the past week, I'd like to meet you. You're probably a really interesting person. Um, I mean that in a good way, if you have used the word, by the way. You, you're probably a very... You've got a great vocabulary because this word beseech, although we don't commonly use it today, it has the idea of an urgent request. An urgent request. So Paul starts out uh, with this word, I beseech you, and he, it, it's clear that whatever he's going to ask of us in the following verses, he's, he's passionate about. It's something that is important to him. It's something that he, uh, it's a message he wants to deliver urgently, but notice it is an urgent request. Uh, it's not an urgent commandment, an urgent stipulation, an urgent demand. Really, it's, it, it's, an, it's urgent, but it is an invitation. And what is this invitation based on? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So whatever we will be asked of in these, these, these next phrases, we are graciously invited to it because of the mercies of God. Um, what, what Paul is going to invite us to, are not, it's not a stipulation for a salvation. It's not. Let me, let me kind of illustrate this invitation this way. Maybe you've had a coworker or a friend before who has gone out of their way to help you, to show you kindness, to show you mercy maybe, um, and they, maybe they help you with a project at home or they cover a work, work shift for you, whatever it may be. And then when you're able to return or you finish the home project... They come to you and they say, hey, you owe me one. And you thought at first, you know, they're saying it in good humor. It's like, yeah, I owe you one. But then the next week they come back and they say, you still owe me for that work shift that I covered. Remember that? And then week after week after week they remind you about how much you owe them for the kindness that they showed you. And you thought they were doing it out of the goodness of their heart. But no, they just wanted to get leverage over you so that when they needed something, they knew they could come to you and, and guilt trip you into it, right? And, and when someone does that to us, it, it's, 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 it makes us uncomfortable. It's almost unnatural. It's, it's like when you show someone kindness, it's not natural for you to hold that over them. And, and God's gift of salvation is, is very similar. When God brings up his mercies in this passage, there, there is no demand. Uh, when we're saved, God doesn't set up a lifetime payment plan for us to be able to pay back our salvation. In fact, if we try to add works to God's grace, it's, the, the scriptures are clear that, that that is not the path for salvation. We cannot add works to God's grace. When Paul was refuting this idea of adding works to grace, in Galatians 2.21, um, he wrote, "'I do not frustrate the grace of God, "'for if righteousness come by the law, "'then Christ is dead in vain.'" There there is no payment good enough to give God return for his mercies. But when we think about this, think about that friend, maybe they did help you, and then they came to you and they said, hey, don't worry about it. It's taken care of. This one's on me. It's all good. Don't, Don't worry about it. They just showed you kindness and didn't expect necessarily any payment in return. First off, that brings joy to our hearts. It's like, wow, that's That's really kind of that person to do. And then I would take it a step further to say then, instead of being guilt-tripped into showing them kindness, we now are seeking out ways out of the abundance in our heart to show them love in return. See the the difference between the the guilt-trip and the gracious invitation? Oftentimes the truth is, man's religion, when you look at the religion's Uh, the false religions of this world, more often than not, they use guilt to motivate a person. But God's path is different. It's a path of grace. And when we truly get a good view of the mercies of God, it will motivate us to respond. Okay, when we think about God's mercies, um, Paul, who God used to write the book of Romans, Paul had a good personal understanding of the mercies of God. We think about Paul's past life, persecuting Christians, chasing down the, the church, doing everything in his power to stop the work of God here on earth. But then because of the mercies of God, in his life, his life was changed. Everything about Paul was changed. His, his daily desires were focused around glorifying God. His message completely changed, consumed with the mercies of God. Several chapters earlier in the book of Romans, in Romans 5, 8, Paul wrote, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us, putting God's mercy on display. Later in his letter to the Ephesians, in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, Paul wrote, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, Have quickened us together with Christ. So you can see here, because of the mercies of God, everything about Paul's mission has changed. And his number one desire is to glorify his merciful Savior and draw other men to the same mercy. So as we go on, we'll we'll see what Paul invites us to do in light of the mercies of God, but let's let's take a moment here and do some self-inspection. What motivates me? Am I motivated by guilt? Am I, am I motivated by uh, serving myself or just just pleasing others? Or is one of my primary motivations the mercies of God and what they have done in my life? One of my favorite quotes uh, that I heard from my pastor back home, Was the greater our personal comprehension of God's mercy is, the greater our commitment to Him should become. The greater we can understand and personally grasp God's mercies, the more our commitment to Him should grow, should deepen, and should flourish. So, would you be willing to take some time this week to deepen? your comprehension of the mercies of God. Spend some time meditating on what God has done in your life, what he has withheld from you that you rightly deserved. You know, there may be some in here that your comprehension of God's mercy isn't able to deepen because you've not yet had a personal encounter with the mercies of God through accepting his free gift of salvation. You know, the Bible says that none of us are righteous. There are none righteous, no Not one. All of us have come short of the glory of God. God is is perfect. Even when Jesus came to earth and took on flesh, he walked through this life. He was tempted with the same things that we are tempted, yet without sin. He lived a perfect life and then died on the cross for your sins, for my sins, and for the sins of the whole world. And he died there because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Because none of us are perfect. The wages, what we rightly deserve because of our sin is death. But he took those wages onto himself. He decided to pay that penalty on our behalf. And then not expect us to work for this gift, but instead to offer it as a free gift. So that even though each and every one of us deserve eternal. Death in a very real place called hell. He was willing to withhold that from us because of the finished work on the cross. And all that we must do is call upon the name of the Lord and we shall be saved. So if you have not yet personally come to know the mercies of God, don't wait. Don't, don't wait to make that decision. Let today be that day that you come to know the mercies of God. Because yes, God's mercies can change your life here on earth, but today, starting today, they can make an eternal difference in your life. So wherever you are, whether you have known God's mercies for years, or if today may be the day you want to come to know God's mercies, take some time today and this week to deepen your personal understanding of the mercies of God. And then when we have... It really will draw our hearts to say, how can I respond in love? What can I do to show the God who is rich in mercy that I am so thankful for his mercies? Well, that's exactly what these next phrases bring us into. Paul requests, based on the mercies of God, that we would be a sacrifice. Let's read the verse together. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. So let's, let's break this phrase down as well. When it says this word bodies, it actually has the idea of all of you. Everything about you, not just your physical body, but your actions, your, your, your choices, how you spend your time, um, but not just the outward things, the inward things as well, your thoughts, your motives, your identity, how you think about yourself, how you think about others. Everything about you is, is what you should be presenting. So present your bodies. Now this word present, um, it, it actually has the idea of yield. The Greek word for present was the same word in Romans 6.13 that is translated yield. And Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield ye you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. So as we are yielding everything about us to Christ... We are invited to yield our bodies a living sacrifice. Now, this phrase is interesting. Living sacrifice. Uh, Perhaps when Paul had uh, written this letter to the Romans, when they read this word sacrifice, their minds may have gone back to the Old Testament sacrifices. When the Israelites would bring animals to be slain, to be killed at the tabernacle. Now, when when, when the sacrifices were brought, there was no question that every, all of that animal would be killed, whether it was a dove or a ram or a bullock or whatever it may have been. All of that animal was going to be put to death. It was a complete death, a complete sacrifice. There wasn't a part of the animal that was kept alive for a later sacrifice. No, it was, a, it was utter and complete death because it was a picture of the utter and complete death that Christ would eventually lay down on our behalf. So, so this idea of sacrifice is utter and complete death, but... In the passage, we're encouraged to be a living sacrifice, a living, complete death. It's it's almost a contradiction, yet a perfect explanation. And to get a better understanding of what this living sacrifice means, we can go to the Bible. Oftentimes, the Bible is the best commentary on itself. And in Galatians 2, verse 20, God inspires Paul to give a, a really good explanation of what it means to be a living sacrifice. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when we look at what it means to be a living sacrifice in Galatians 2.20, the idea is when I come under the salvation of Christ... I am crucified with Christ. The old man, my sin, everything that is spiritually dead in me, it was, it was nailed to the cross with Jesus, and it's crucified. It's dead. So I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. We're here, we're walking around, uh, we have living bodies, we understand this. So then, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. This is, this is walking in the Spirit. This is uh, what we see in Ephesians where the Scripture encourages us to put off the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and then be renewed in the spirit of our mind and put on the new man. It, it is this, this daily process of growing in Christ. And that's because when we do come under salvation, when we are crucified with Christ, we are saved from the penalty of sin, and nothing can change that. But we won't be saved from the presence of sin until we get into heaven, where there is no sin. So while we're here on earth, even though the penalty is paid, sin is still present. The flesh still battles against the spirit. The devil and and his demons don't want us, don't want to see us living for Christ. So while we're here on earth, we have to choose to be a living sacrifice. We could sum it up with this, complete surrender complete surrender. Anything you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. Anywhere you want me to go, anything you want me to stop doing, I'm willing to say no to that. I'm willing to stop serving myself so that I may glorify my merciful Savior. You you have every area of my life. Maybe you find yourself doing this. I know sometimes I find myself doing this categorizing my life into things that I give to God and things that I can manage for myself. My Sunday mornings, my Sunday evenings, uh, my, my personal time in the morning with God, I give that to God. But, man, do I give Him my free time? Do I spend my free time glorifying my Savior? Um, when the, the conversation come up, comes up about the annoying friend, the annoying neighbor, whatever it may be, does, does, does God have my surrender in those moments, when I'm in the living room watching TV, when I'm spending time on my phone, that does God have everything about me, like we talked about, present your bodies, everything about you? It, it, it must be complete surrender. And again, this is, this is if you're willing to accept the invitation. You, you can be saved and, and choose not to be a living sacrifice, but when we consider the mercies of God. How can we respond in love? And it is through being a living sacrifice. Now, now you may desire to be a sacrifice. You may say, you know what, I'm committed. I want to accept that invitation. I want to be a living sacrifice. How do I know if, if I'm doing it right? How do I know if I am truly surrendered to Christ? Well, in the next phrase, we see the characteristics of the sacrifice. So I'll start at the beginning of the verse and go through... Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. So Paul makes it clear here in this phrase that as we surrender ourselves to God, as we say, Lord, I want to be a living sacrifice, our lives will begin to take on these qualities, this, this, this quality of holiness. Our choices will begin to become holy choices that are acceptable to God. Hey, if you and I are going to say, "I, God, you can use me for anything you want to. I, I surrender. Uh, use me however you want to use me. I'm willing. Then we need to be ready to be used. We need to be fit vessels for service. Now, I don't want to confuse our acceptability when it says holy, acceptable unto God. We understand that the only reason, when, whenever uh, the Lord comes, uh, that we stand before God, the only reason we can stand before God and be acceptable is because of Jesus' finished work on the cross and, and his righteousness imputed on us. But when we are surrendered and we want to say, Lord, use me however you want to use me, then we need to be fit vessels for service. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. It's a silly illustration, but I think it illustrates it well. How many of you have a dishwasher at home? Dishwasher at home. Okay, maybe it is the kids and a washcloth. I don't know. When I was growing up, we had an electric dishwasher. You had to load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher, put the dishes in the, in the cupboard. You understand that. It was my job to unload the dishwasher. I think my parents wanted me to do it in the morning. Did it happen... Every single morning, when it was supposed to happen? Yes, every time. Um, so one day, I was looking to get a snack. I'm, I'm a huge snacker. I love snacks. And one of my favorite snacks is cereal. Any of you guys really enjoy cereal? Okay, it is, it's, it's wonderful. Now, for me personally, I like a lot of cereals, but one of my favorites is uh, Fruity Pebbles, except it's actually Fruity Dinobites because it's the Walmart brand because you can get the the three-gallon bag of that, you know what I'm talking about? So my parents would bring home this giant bag of free Dino Bites, two gallons of milk, because me and my brother and my dad, we all like cereal. So one day, it's, it's probably late into the evening, I'm looking for a snack, I got the cereal out, I got the milk out, someone forgot to unload the dishwasher. I don't know, I don't know who. So I go to the dishwasher, and I go to get a bowl. And whoever had loaded the dishwasher, whether it was my brother, older brother, younger sister, I don't know. But they had stacked one bowl right on top of another bowl. And they're an identical bowl. Now, you know when this happens. You pick up that top bowl. It's not clean at all. And with my luck, it probably had oatmeal in there that is now dried. You're not getting that off. Okay? You go out back to the shed and get the pressure washer and try it. I don't think it'll work. You might just try soaking it for seven years. I don't know. Good luck good luck. So if you're following the illustration, I had a bowl. I was, I was ready to use it. I wanted to use this vessel, but in that moment, it wasn't ready for me to use. It was not a fit vessel for service. So I know it's a silly illustration, but, but this is what it's talking about when it's saying holy acceptable to God. Today, am I ready to be used by God? Am I living a life that God God is ready to reach down and, and work through me as a, as a conduit, as a vessel of His grace and of His love? Or am I, am I a dirty vessel that's really not fit for use? But like we said, the, the, the good thing about this passage is that this will naturally begin to become a part of our lives, our lives if we are surrendered to God and we're growing in Him. How do we grow in Christ? The next verse actually gives us a great outline of how to grow daily in Christ. Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Essentially, it's saying, if you want to grow in Christ, well, first thing, stop being conformed to this world. Stop walking in the same sin that the world walks in. Stop seeking with your heart to, to be just like the world and to blend in because we're not called to be like the world. Instead, we're called to be transformed towards Christ-likeness through the renewing of our mind. And our mind is renewed in God's Word. As we spend time in God's Word, we begin to start thinking uh, through the Philippians 4-8 filter. Uh, those things that are, are all this, this list of good honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. Think on these things. And, and as we protect our minds and start to fill our minds with God's word, then we're also protecting our heart. And Proverbs 4.23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So, so this is why it's so important daily, if we want to be a living sacrifice, to be growing in him, to be renewing our minds. Because as we do, and as we're seeking to grow in Christ, then our lives will begin to take on these qualities of holiness and acceptability to God. So ultimately, the, the conclusion is this, you are invited. You, you are invited because of what God's mercies have done in your life. You're invited to choose to be a living sacrifice. And, and the invitation is open, but I pray that by God's mercies, each and every one of us would be willing to accept the invitation to be a living sacrifice. Because like the end of verse number one says, this truly is our reasonable service. When we get a good view of everything that God has done for us, sacrificing everything, it's reasonable. It's it's our reasonable service to Him. So, By the mercies of God, may we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, because this is our reasonable service for today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercies. Thank you for what you have withheld in my life that I deserved and and withheld from us here in this auditorium. If we've accepted you as our Savior thank you for withholding the wages of sin that we deserved. Lord, if there's someone in here that has not yet known your mercies, I pray that today they would be willing to accept your free gift of salvation, that they would be willing to come under your mercies for the first time so that they may begin their new life in you. Lord, we're thankful for your mercies, and I pray that each of us would accept this invitation to be a living sacrifice, to choose to say thank you for all that you've done by giving everything back to you. Lord, I pray that as we begin to surrender, as we begin to live in this way, and our lives are beginning to change our lives begin to change, that we would give you all the glory for what you do in our lives and for the lives of those around us. We love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for your word. In your name I pray. Amen.
0: It. What a blessing it has been to have the school here. So uh, we're going to stand. And we're going to let you be dismissed. We're going to uh, encourage you to think through. Have you given your life a living sacrifice? Uh, maybe teenagers, you need to take a good hard look at the school and uh, see if that would be God where God would have you to go. Uh, begin to pray about it. Don't just make a decision without prayer, but pray about it. That would be great. Make sure you introduce, yourself, introduce yourselves to our new interns. They'll be uh, standing around. Uh, so you can meet them, and then uh, the college group will be back there by the table, and uh, make sure you go by the table, all right? Father, dismiss it with your blessing. Thank you for the wonderful message. Thank you for the wonderful music that we've heard tonight, and just ask that you continue to bless our hearts through it. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you, keep you, make space face shine upon you, give you peace. You are dismissed. God bless.